einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast, Sneha. Thank you so much, George. Thanks for having me. I listened to you on the podcast on Sean's podcast. Mm-hmm. And I found that your story was a really fascinating story. And I'm like, I have to speak with her. I have to talk to her and, and learn about that story of how she was able to come from India and, <laughs> and move to Germany and manage all the obstacles that come with adapting to a new culture, a new language, a new environment. So thank you so much for accepting my request. Uh, it's my honor. It's my honor to be here. Thank you yeah. for having me. I would like to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what it was like for you to grow up in India. I know, you, you, I think you said that you're from the south of India, yes, right? Yes, I'm from south of India, Bangalore. Uh, Karnataka is the state. Bangalore, the city, I grew up there. Um, it was fun. When I look back, it was fun. I come from a middle-class family, so... Uh, parents were struggling, uh, but I got it all. Like, you know, we were those children who, well, we got whatever we asked for. And huge family, celebrations, um, festivals, weddings, like, you know, thousand people where you dressed up, like, you know, all of those things. Oh, when I look back, um, childhood was colorful, extremely colorful for me. I had uh, like school, even in the school, I was into dancing and arts and culture. Um, And there was so much. Oh, thank you for taking me back. I I have this visual uh, visualization of my childhood now, like, you know, walking on the streets. Um, It was fun, free, freedom and uh, loads of loads of love around. I think we we had, I didn't, I really don't know what was happening like many children where I was happy child. I was a happy child uh, inside, but I would cry for everything. (laughs) I would describe for everything Uh, and I would allow anyone to believe me and uh, crying was my instrument. But that's where I got to also know I'm an artist because I cried for everything. (laughs) You had the more artistic mind, very emotional, right? Showing oh, yeah. a lot of emotions, not not so mathematical. No, I was extremely emotional child. And uh, that kind of did not help my uh, in the growing up years because uh, uh, the world is not, uh, you know, that empathetic around you. So it's like even in the schools, the challenges, the competitions, you can't go with these emotions. But I think I'm, I have no regrets of being that person because that is what, who I am today. Like what has made me, you know, as an artist or yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I was what I was there. I have a theory mm-hmm. and it's probably complete nonsense, but I have a theory that one of the reasons why women live longer is because they're able to express their emotions 
And mm. why men, we live shorter lives is because we repress everything. Everything stays inside and we don't ever allow these emotions to come it's out. It's because the society has told you to man up, right? Which is such a, such a shame. Um, it's, it's the societal uh, things that are bringing that people often tell you, oh, come on, you're a boy, you don't cry, right? So that you've been told from your childhood days to suppress, whether it's cinemas, whether it is um, stories, storytelling of your grandparents, parents, uh, it's all stemming from there. I truly feel. And now um, I make sure, like when I'm teaching children, I make sure that both girls and boys have the, um, you know, equal freedom for emotions. But it's not just, it's not got to do with you. I think it's got to do with the society. That's, that's yeah, especially where I grew up, like where, where my parents are from Latin America. So mm -hmm. it is much more um, where that culture is very specific about like, yeah, men, you have to, to be strong. You have to, right, don't show too many emotions. So I, I did grow up with that mentality until mm -hmm. in my teens or in my mm -hmm. 20s, I realized, oh, I need to cry. <laughs> this <laughs> is important. Like what are these things coming down my my face and, right. and I allowed myself to express it and it was a sense of freedom. I'm so proud it of you. It freed me from a lot of these negative emotions that I was suppressing. So I think it's a beautiful thing that you learned how to cry from a young age. Oh, but I think it's all, not everyone was like me. Like, I don't know, uh, probably. Yeah, there's too many, too many ways to it, it to look into perspectives of uh, what you just mentioned about women, li uh, women li live longer uh, because that we express emotions. Maybe, yeah. Too many theories in my head now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's true. It's just an idea I, I've, I've thought about. And uh, maybe someone has done the, the experiment. Yeah. And maybe I'll find I, a study. I'm not the one who would, now, I, can, I, I cannot completely agree <laughs> onto it. But yeah, like, yes, I I see the freedom that we women have for our, for our emotions, for sure. What yeah. did dance provide you with when you were a young girl? Like that art form, what did it do for you in your development? It helped me channelize those emotions, those highs and lows, what I was feeling, the adrenal rush, or just a breakdown of not getting through any of your tests or anything and the stress, the exam stress or everything. I was channelizing um, everything through my art. So art was my instrument, uh, my body, my companion, everything. And I know for sure it made me happy. It made me happy and it has, uh, I, I mean, I can't even think of my child could, uh, without this art form, oh God, I would be a different person. I'm so glad that I had this art form. It has given me everything. Here in the West, we when we think about Indian dancing and music, all we have is uh, Bollywood as a point of reference. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your art form and how that's different from what we perceive? The art form that I practice is Bharatanatyam. It's uh, one of the major traditions of performing arts in India. 
of course, Bollywood is popular uh, because of the Bollywood movies and songs and its global reach, uh, etc. But these art forms um, gives you, um, like, you know, it's a, it, it's, it has a profound synthesis of aesthetics, philosophy, sculpture, movements, poetry, and literature. You know, it also this, these art forms is a mirror for ethics, laws, and functioning of the society of today and of the past. So basically, it gathers all these strands and sets them in a motion. Um, so it, the uh, Bharatanatyam, it originated in the temples of India, then moved towards the courts, um, and then towards the proscenium stage. Uh, so it has a great, great past. It's about uh, 4,000 years old art form. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's more than what we see in, in the movies from Bollywood. Of course, it has a yes, long, yes. long history, right? Oh, Thousands long of years. history. You will know everything about India if you go deeper into these art forms. Bollywood is just that kind of that masala, right? <laughs> that you need. Um, but. Uh, it has given us, of course, Bollywood classes are more popular. Bollywood dances are more popular than these art forms. It's unfortunate that uh, uh, we undervalue our own performing arts uh, over the, you know, the instantly gratifying, easy to learn uh, dance forms. Uh, but uh, yeah, art art forms like these are like it it heals you. It has a healing power. What has it taught you? Because how, how long have you been performing for oh. or learning this art form? I'm a student forever. So I've been practicing more than 25 years now. Tell me some of the things that you've learned along the way as a result mm. of, of practicing this art. Very good question. Oh, it has, you know, I always approach my work at three levels, especially with this art form. On the physical level, that is, um, in Sanskrit, it's called Adibhuta. Uh, dancing is similar to that of an other cardio activities. It works on all planes of the body, including lateral, rotational, which in turn conditions all your muscles, right? So, and the second is on the emotional level, that is Adidhaiva. It is an instrument to express as it allows you to express every drop of emotion, to feel and to unapologetically be yourself. And then the third is the philosophical level, the Adhyatma. It is a journey inwards by completely observing, uh, observing our attention for a long or a short magical spell. It can relieve us temporarily from the dreadful burden of being uh, who we are. So, yeah, I approach my work in these three levels. And what has art form done to me is this. Um, I don't think so any any other instrument would have helped me look into life the way I look into it as of today. So how does it help you as you interact with other people in the world, like having this understanding? It's made me more empathetic. I think artists are empaths, right? So I, I know for sure it has made me more empathetic 
I feel more grounded with this art form. The days I don't go and have conversation with this art form, some way or the other, maybe 10%, 20%, some days it's 100%. I know I'm a very different person. I can't even think of a day where there's no music or this art form with me. But this helps me understand others better, gives me more uh, patience and uh, yeah, I know where they're coming from if they're throwing their shit. <laughs> but I have more patience with practicing this art form towards the people. Yeah. Were, were you, because I, I think a lot of us, we, we, we know things in theory, right? There are certain things in my own life where I'm like, yeah, I know in theory I, I want to behave like this. This is the ideal. And mm. then in the real world, as you move, have you been able to stay consistent with that empathy or do you sometimes, oh, just become human again i think empathy is practice it's like every day you get up and practice empathy i want to get up and say i have a roof over my head i have food on my table and uh, i understand the situation of the world and i will not complain but of course i'm human i will go through these highs and lows and it's also part of my creative process um but yeah it has helped me it has helped me to an extent there are days it doesn't (laughs) because you get carried away by the materialistic things and then you forget uh what this art form has taught you a long long way to go um to be um, aware of what I've been practicing and how to preach, not just preach, but also practice it. I, but I yeah. think that's, it's a very human story. I think right. all of us, all of us fall short of living up to our, our ideals, all of us. Yeah. Uh, but th- to also have like compassion on ourselves, right? Cause we yeah, can have empathy exactly. for others, but to also have empathy for ourselves to say, Hey, you know, like this is a difficult day. Yeah, like yesterday was my most difficult day I've had uh, since I've lost my father. And I couldn't bear this anxiety that I had, uh, the fear of loss and uh, sitting here, the COVID situation and everything. Everything was overwhelming. I didn't know what emotions I was feeling. So, um, and also I didn't know that I I could knock the art form, right? I forgot that I can... I can look into my art form and find a way out. I forgot. So, and that's where compassion comes from. Uh, Like, you know, I mean, self-compassion is very, very rare. Self-love is like sometimes gone away, gone out of the window. So you got to bring it all back. Like you said, um, it's, it's, there are days where you don't realize what you practice and uh, what you preach. You become someone else, but that's okay. I think now I have understood, like as artists, uh, we work with our emotions, which are sometimes our own and sometimes the story or the particular character that I'm working on. At some point, it gets, it does get exhausting to carry intellectual emotions and emotional empathy of a subject all through. And with all this, if you are carrying another person's emotions, uh, it all gets too much like unfortunately or fortunately there's no particular login and log out in a creative process so there is like these two complete two different personalities comes and clashes once in a while and that was yesterday for me yeah yeah but today you're better oh yeah much much better because i knocked back to the art form i knocked back to those uh, musics um uh, like you know 
my chart, musical charts, and um, I, I had to go back and knock on to those ragas. Um, ragas are musical notes, uh, which kind of are healing. And then got onto the yoga mat and worked on my anxiety and did my grounding. And I said, all I have is today and I need to focus on today. Not about uh, like, you know, five years from now. I don't want to plan that. The, those days are gone where you plan five year plan, 10 year plan. No, I want to just plan for today. And that kind of gives you a window to ground and believe. And because it's it's an uncertain world. I'm speaking from the spa- uh, place or, and space of this uh, uncertainty as an artist that I'm going through with the world uh, going towards, like at least Germany going towards the next wave. Where is the art going? When will I go on stage? When will I tell stories? When will I be able to express myself on stage and also have monetary benefits through these so i'm speaking from that place yeah because like all of these things that you talk about uh, mm-hmm. with the emotions you're not you're not in in india right now so on mm. top of these emotions that you deal with with loss and mm. anxiety and uncertainty you also mm-hmm. have to add on top of it the fact that you're in a completely different culture, yeah, a com- like complete so far away from from your home. Yeah how how does that added pressure? How do you deal with that added level of complexity? Oh, I I have to admit, pandemic has made me oh god lonely in the sense of no human interactions like you know in the normal scenario you have people you go out you meet people so I do have friends with her like there like again we're all busy we I do have artists friends and we're all struggling on one part and then there are other friends who are not artists so like I do have people to connect but I know that it has made me lonely um, and during this loss, especially during my the second wave in uh, in India, that was in May 2020, I lost my father to COVID. So I I know I was sitting here and I couldn't see him. That was my last chance to go visit, right? So I couldn't see him, and that has scarred me. Oh God, a lot. And you're sitting here, you don't know how to express these emotions, whom to express it to. Um, I remember not crying after my father passed away because I was surrounded with people telling me to be strong. And uh, I didn't know how to cry. It took me almost like five months to just sit and cry. Like, okay, it's okay to cry because people around me was telling, we love you when you are strong. So that's that's basically you're telling me not to be human, right? (laughs) So I was going through these... I, I uh, multiple layers of emotions of loss, grief, and there's stress about this art form going where they're heading. All of this, and uh, of course, it has made me lonely. Pandemic has made me extremely lonely. I will admit to that. But yeah, it's like I always come back to art form. Whenever I experience feelings of discomfort in my life, I need to find an answer by transforming those feelings into my art. Like as much uh, fun uh, I have in the studio, I take my role as an artist very seriously. And uh, 
uh, it's very important for me to transform these feelings uh, into movements. It's, it's such a gift what you have because yeah. I, I, I think about a lot of people are dealing with anxiety and depression during this whole pandemic, but they don't have an outlet. Mm. They don't have a healthy way of coping with their emotions. So they turn to to less uh, helpful, like more harmful forms of coping mechanisms, uh, yeah. like drugs and alcohol and things like right. that. But you've got this gift. Oh, yeah. I I understood this gift more deeper in 2021 like oh my god what a valuable gift i have like this is so precious people undervalue this they don't uh, celebrate it enough and uh, we as uh, the artist profession is not celebrated enough and uh, when now when, when i look back it helped me it helped me be a better person and uh, one of my student told me uh, a senior student told me, Sneha, I, I've never seen anyone handle grief the way you've handled and um, coming as a compliment. And I said, I said, what do you mean by that? No, I don't know if anyone would even just come and dance. Like you, you, you are dancing different, like, you know, there was different beats. Like I was, the folk beats that I was teaching, for example. And I, inside I was crying like hell, but there, I could transport to this world. Right. And this was happening because of the art form, not because of me. It was because of those musical beats. That is the reason I was able to pick myself all by myself. There was no one to help me, George. There was no one to hold my hand. I couldn't afford therapy at that time. And I I couldn't be myself for the longest time, especially after my father's death. And that too for COVID, because it was a very sudden thing. What happened was he was an extremely healthy man. Within a within matter of 10 days, he got infected and it was in the hospital with the oxygen mask. And they said, okay, next is ICU. He gets these injections and shots. And at that too, he had the first vaccination. So for me to comprehend the entire COVID situation took me a while. So if I am able to stand up the way I am standing up today and speaking with you the way I am speaking, it's cause of my art. I wouldn't have done it without this art form. No way. I, I There's no way I could ever understand that type of loss because I remember for myself uh, during mm-hmm. the, 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 for that lockdown in 2020, mm-hmm. my mind went into a lot of dark spaces thinking, what happens if my parents get sick and I cannot fly back to Canada? And mm-hmm. then you start thinking like, why do I live in Germany so far away? But it, it was only theoretical in my mind and it already really affected me to actually in reality have to go through something like that and the fact that today you're speaking to me like the resilience Mm. that you've developed as a result to me is very inspiring thank you I think my father would be extremely proud of me today. <laughs> I keep telling every morning, Dad, I did it. You know, it was like it for for like two years. I had not seen him. The last I saw him was 2019 December Christmas, and then lockdown happened right in March. So right, actually, lockdown happened right on the day of my birthday. <laughs> so I was like, Wow, what a gift, universe! This sounds amazing. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, okay, I won't travel to India because I'm so scared that, you know, I might carry the virus. So I was not traveling. In fact, I was supposed to travel in 2020 December. 
and there was a lockdown here right in november we had the second lockdown exactly i was like no 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 i i can't risk my parents i might quarantine and all but i will be at the same house i can't risk my parents and at that time there was no vaccination so i took this decision not to like you know make sure to protect them but i couldn't protect them and the worst part is the funerals are for what george it is your last mm. chance to say goodbye mm. and i didn't even get a chance to you know hold him hug him and send him off and uh, it it's all so weird when i look back and the phone conversation i used to have with him in the hospital poor guy he couldn't breathe and he is just making all of these signs and to see your loved ones go through that it's the most heartbreaking thing and i've heard a lot of my friends and a lot of stories who have lost their loved ones like this in whatever age there was no age bar right it was affecting everyone and i i feel for them because you don't get to say goodbye they are just taken away after that because they are like wrapped up like a burrito and you can't even touch them so my sister was in india and i was like can you touch his head and just like you know say bye bye and then she was about to go and touch and the doctor was like literally came and was like you can't and i'm like wow shit this is so not right like the universe i was screaming at universe how is it fair that you can't even send off your loved one you take away but you can't and then now now i've come to conclusion okay this is like a bio war and in the war uh my father was also one of them who got hurt and who who passed away so i'm looking at it in a very different way now um and probably that's and also you won't believe this was the last thing he asked for he asked for a music that i danced for and you know I remember the last conversation he was calling me continuously I was in the bathroom and I was like what happened what happened he's like can you send me that song I'm like papa now and he's like yeah 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 send me and it was a beautiful composition a beautiful composition about you surrendering your body and mind to the universe and uh, and that's what he heard and now when I look back oh wow he had this most beautiful song for him for the last time he heard was that that's a beautiful thing that at least you have that memory yeah i do I, and and thanks to the art form again see everything is yeah, everything back goes to the back what is your message to someone who has experienced loss someone who has dealt with with the pain that is inevitable in in life what is your message to that person now that you've gone through this whole this whole um experience Hmm. Um allow yourself to cry. Cry whenever you you want to. And this grief will stay with us forever. People have told me that with time it will heal. It will not because it's it's your loved one, right? So it it will stay with you. You make you grow. You grow with that grief. And what I have understood is to cry. cry and cry and vent it all out and find a window find a channel whether it is playing a piano whether it is a violin or movements uh, go tap onto art forms uh, that will help you the music helps you heal and write um i and be resilient don't give up on yourself there are dark days where you feel like giving up 
um don't give up on yourself your loved ones want to see you smile so make them proud sometimes when we're in that situation we feel like we're the only one in the world who's ever dealt with that mm. and it's good to be reminded yeah, no, that I have I constantly else. remind myself right. George mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there's so many of them going through like for example someone loses their father at the age of 10 and someone loses at the age of 16 25 35 45 but you will the the emotions that you feel will be the same but all you can just say is oh thank you he was there with me for 30 years. Um, I was lucky enough. Uh, like I'm looking at this way, to be very honest. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I always look at it. Okay, at least I was lucky for 30 years. He was there for me. And he kind of, it's like, although I, I'm independent and all that, you know, you have that someone there for you. I miss it. I truly miss it. But um, we got we to gotta keep going. What will you, what will you remember most about your father? And I think with this question, we'll end it. <laughs> what will you remember most? He was resilient. He was extremely resilient. So um, he he loved his own company. I have seen him being happy with himself, and that kind of is what I I take away from him. And I, he loved every moment. When I was in Europe, I remember he taking so many selfies. And I was like, why are you taking? And now I look at those selfies. I'm like, okay, he, he used to enjoy life. I think you, all you have to do is enjoy and be in the moment and do the best that you can. What was his name? Oh, his name was Krishna Murthy. Yeah. So I, I think we will try to honor him. Oh, Um, thank you so much, George. This made my day. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, for sharing your story, for telling us about your art form, telling us about this, this experience that you went through. And I hope that this gives hope to someone out there who's going through their own loss, their own um, dark moments. Thank you. Any final words? Thank you for having me, George. Thanks a lot. Um, This interview was completely different uh, and uh, kind of uh, something, you know, it's a healer uh, for me as well. And I'm sure for the listeners as well, it's going to be. And uh, be yourself and uh, be unapologetic about who you are. And uh, yeah, enjoy your life. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. That was my interview with Sneha. What I enjoyed most was how honest and open she was about her experiences during the pandemic. It's been hard for everyone, but especially for those who have lost a family member. I've never lost anyone in my life, so I don't know what that's like. So my question to you is, what have you done to help you deal with the loss of a loved one? If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.